Blog Talk Radio. Franchise interviews from Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Welcome to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Listen to interviews with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and attorneys. And now, welcome your host, Marty McDermott, and Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews. We're for over 13 years now. We've been asking the entrepreneurs of all one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and we have a great show today. Well, we're meeting with Greg Roseboom, the CEO and founder of Fruitum. And Fruitum is a whole food, plant-based restaurant franchise that's in the middle of some pretty exciting expansions. Your health and happiness are what matters to Fruitum. And we're going to talk to Greg about that in just a moment on Franchise Interviews. So stick around because we have a great show. Are you one of those special people who are willing to go after your dreams and goals? Are you ready to fulfill that dream of owning your own business with the security of a proven brand? The opportunity to take control of your future and own a Rita's Italian Ice franchise is within your reach. Rita's is seeking success-oriented individuals who are ready to make a change in their life, and Rita's offers unparalleled training and support to assure your success. And did you know the frozen treat industry is a recession-proof industry and there are Rita's in 23 states currently with 540 stores open. Rita's Italian Ice has been around for 25 years and is listed as a top-performing franchise by the Wall Street Journal. Now here's the really good part. Rita's Italian Ice is a unique and amazing taste treat. It's smoother than a snow cone and it combines ice with real fresh fruit. The real fruit adds dramatically to the taste, and it comes in over 40 flavors. The ice and fruit are mixed on site and made fresh daily, and it is delicious. You'll want to know more about this exciting and successful franchise opportunity. Go to www.ownaritas.com and get all your questions answered. That's www.ownaritas.com to take control of your dreams and future today. You don't want to wait any longer to be a part of this adventure. www.ownaritas.com Hi, this is Connie McDermott, Administrative Assistant for Franchise Interviews, LLC, and you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews, from Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 13 years now, we've been asking the entrepreneurs one one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and as we were saying earlier, we have a great show today. Well, we're meeting with Greg Roseboom, the CEO and founder of Fruitive. And Fruitive is a whole food, plant-based restaurant franchise that's in the middle of some pretty exciting expansions. Hi, Greg. How are you? Welcome to the show. I'm good. Thank you. 
Uh, it's great to have you on the show, Greg. We always like to ask our guests, where are you calling from this morning, Greg? I'm in Virginia Beach right now at our original location. Oh, fantastic. Oh, it's a nice time, I guess, to be around Virginia Beach, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's a nice day. It's a nice day here. Yeah, same here in Pennsylvania. That's fantastic. I thought maybe we can go back to, to the beginning, Greg, because I, I have a feeling that there's an interesting story, you know, how you came up with the concept of Fruit of And, you know, maybe we could talk a little bit about the, the history of the organization as well. Yeah, definitely. So it was back in 2011, and my parents were on a trip around the United States, and they called me one late, uh, late afternoon and said, mm-hmm. hey, Greg, can you get online and help us find a a restaurant to eat at tonight in this city that we're traveling through. Right. And so I, you know, I thought, you know, I want my parents to eat a healthy meal. So right. I started Googling, uh, you know, healthy restaurant. And I was so surprised at how difficult it was to find yeah. a, you know, a, a restaurant that was really focused on uh, healthy eating and, you know, had good plant-based options right. and used organic ingredients. And so it was actually through that, struggle of trying to find a healthy restaurant for my parents and wondering why there were not more out there that I first had the idea pop in my mind, you know, why not start a restaurant that I would want my parents to eat at, that I would want Mm -hmm. my children to eat at, and, you know, an extension that I would want my community to eat at and, you know, start something that I felt really like every day that I was genuinely caring for my customers with the food choices that we had. It's it's a great story, Greg, because, you know, I, I had that experience uh, not long ago. I drove to New Orleans from Easton, Pennsylvania. You know, I said, OK, I'm going to take the long way. And I, it took a really nice drive. But I, I agree with you. I remember when I got back from home, I just felt like I gained five pounds, you know, and oh. um, <laughs> I, I just, it just felt tired, you know, all the time, you know. And, and, and so yeah. I, I, I get it, you know, how you why, you, you know, you, you came up you know, with, with this whole concept. And, you know, maybe we could talk about some of the, some of the milestones, you know, that, that you've kind of been through, you know, in starting the organization as well, Greg. Yeah. So the, I, I guess the first big milestone was, you know, picking an original location. And at the time I was yeah. living in Virginia beach and started looking around and there was this uh, area of Virginia beach, which has the whole foods on one corner, Trader Joe's mm-hmm. on the next corner and then it has a you know fresh market which is another kind of higher end uh, grocery store in the area and you know it just seemed like the perfect fit for us to be right in that part of Virginia Beach and so we found the location and I ended up going all over the country I traveled to California went to over 50 different restaurants in Los Angeles and San Francisco and um, really went to New York City multiple times, went to other big cities, and went to every single restaurant that I could find that was doing anything remotely healthy, whether it was right. a juice bar or a acai bowl place or a salad place or mm-hmm. maybe, maybe it was a vegan shop. And so what I did is I uh, maybe farmed a table. I, I went to all these different restaurants and then pulled ideas really from all of them and I created right. a concept that I hadn't found anywhere. And it was really, again, driven by that motivation of, I want a place where, where my family is going to want to eat, where my parents are going to want to eat. And, right. and whether, they're, whether it's breakfast, lunch, or dinner, you know, we really have something that's going to be not only healthy, but delicious. Yeah, I, I would say that was the first milestone, is just really kind of developing the concept, doing a lot yeah. of research, picking the first location. Right. Um, so, that, yeah, that was kind of the initial phase. 
Terrific. I, I was looking at the menu uh, this morning, Greg. Do, do you have a favorite? I mean, I know it's your baby, so you created a menu. But I mean, we, when you go into your own restaurant, I mean, is there anything that, that you particularly like, you know, that, that if I was with you right now, you'd kind of recommend that I order? Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it depends on what mood you're in um, yeah. and what time of day it is. Right now, right. it's just about lunchtime. So right. I think today, you know, some of my family is going to get a, our quesadilla. Um, I think I'm going to get the hail to the kale salad, which is really just amazing. It's got kale in it, which some people are, uh, you know, are like, you know, do I really want kale for for lunch? But when right. you when you taste the mix of raisins and the homemade, uh, you know, dressing that we put in there, it just tastes phenomenal. And for so many years, you know, it's been eight years now since we opened our original location. That's been definitely one of our best sellers on the menu. I guess, and you've become an expert obviously in, in this industry greg i remember uh, i was reading an interview with you you know and i think you were talking about things like not not everyone understands things like you know enzymes and alkalines maybe, maybe you could talk a little bit about that because i don't know if everyone knows about that yeah so you know i, I love to read and so i read a lot of books from mm-hmm. um, plant-based uh, doctors and 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 you know uh, do a lot of research on you know what is what is that uh, evidence right now saying about what we should be eating and mm-hmm. really like our bodies, our bodies really need uh, fiber, which fiber is only found in, in plant uh, ingredients like uh, right. fruits and veggies. And so our body uh, needs that fiber. It needs um, the, the, you know, the carbohydrates that are found in, in, uh, in the fruits and vegetables. You know, if, if you're eating a whole plant uh, based diet, you're getting all the proteins you need. A lot of people don't realize that, but mm-hmm. in the same way that, you know, the largest mammals, the largest land animals, whether it's a giraffe or elephant right. or even a gorilla, in the same way that they're getting all the proteins they need to build that, those massive bodies, they're getting those from plants. And in the same way we can get, the, you know, all the proteins and um, carbohydrates and, and everything that our body needs, uh, you know, from eating a whole food plant-based diet. That's terrific. How do you, or how would you describe Fruitive uh, to, let's say you were at a franchise show, Greg, you know, and someone came up to your booth and the typical question is always like, you know, so what do you guys do? Uh, Where do you typically go from there? Starting off in the uh, early part of the day, you know, our best sellers are going to be our superberry bowls, which are Mm -hmm. kind of a a blended uh, frozen um, strawberries and bananas and other ingredients that we blend together into bowls yeah. and put fresh fruit and banana and granola on top, or they're going to be our liquid meal smoothies. Um, so those are really popular in the mornings. And then as we get start getting towards lunchtime, it's going to be our salads, our wraps, our, our mm-hmm. you know, sandwiches that have used mushrooms as the base. And then even now in this original location, I think one of my family members is about to order our pizza, which is not the greasy pizza that people are, right. you know, are sometimes used to, but it's really kind of a, a healthy pizza that we make here. And so as you get later into the day and start getting into the afternoon, people, people might be looking uh, for more of a snack item. And so we always mm-hmm. have plenty of uh, options for healthy snacks. And then even at dinner time, you know, we have a lot of people that come in and we'll get our Southwest Romaine wrap, which is one of our most popular wraps. Um, wow. So, yeah, we really are a concept that kind of caters to people no matter what time of day it is and really with that focus of, 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 of healthy food. That's terrific. How, how does technology play a role in the business today, Greg, or how are you using technology in Fruitive? 
Yeah, so technology is, you know, definitely something that we're constantly thinking of, especially mm-hmm. right now with, yeah. you know, the restaurant uh, shutdowns that we've gone through over the last right. few months with with COVID-19. And even yeah. we had to shut down our D.C. locations because of rioting uh, last weekend. Mm. And so, you know, as we're going through this, we've become uh, more and more dependent on um selling our products through our app and people being able to order through the app and get online, um, you know, be able to drive up next to the location or, or through, um, you know, delivery options. We really um, have like tried to redo our website to get people to, you know, think about that delivery or that drive up order immediately. Um, Mm -hmm. And and so, yeah, it's uh, definitely with the app that's been probably one of the biggest, uh, you know, things that we've tried to gear um, gear our attention towards. I imagine <clears throat> with technology, too, or even just like equipment, too, I re- remember you speaking one time, Greg, about um, even like the, the, the juicers. I, I don't know a lot about juicers. We just have a standard household juicer. But even, even the, the juicers, I imagine, are, are a little bit different probably from the average household, aren't they? Yeah, so that's I'm really excited that you brought up the juicer because we are getting ready to announce a huge change with our uh, juicing um, part of our menu. And mm-hmm. what that is is uh, I, I didn't mention yet our three core values, but our three core values are genuine care for others, mm-hmm. number one. N- number two is a diligent servant attitude. And number three is continual growth. And so with yeah. that continual growth one, we're constantly challenging ourselves. What is, what is it that we can do right now to meet our customers' needs in the best way that we can? And through a lot of research, we decided that we're no longer going to be uh, offering cold press juice. We're actually going to be upgrading our product to keep all the uh, ingredients whole in the, mm-hmm. in the jars. And when the customer comes up to order the jar, um, they can either have us blend it for them right in the location or they could bring it home and blend it at home. But from moving forward, because of waste issues of the pulp and because we had multiple doctors that we read that had said that juice is probably not the best, uh, as good for our bodies as either eating Mm -hmm. the whole fruit and vegetable or blending it up in the blender so that you keep all the fiber and all the nutrients right. that are included in the fiber, fiber, like, you know, the, the polyphenol phytonutrients, those are right. nutrients that our body needs that are bound to the fiber. And so again, with our, uh, you know, core value of continual growth, mm-hmm. we're constantly challenging ourselves to say, you know, is there something on the menu that could be a little bit better? Um, and, right. and, uh, you know, that goes into our seasonal menu as well, that we're constantly upgrading our, our menus based off the season. And, and our customers love that about our brand, that it's right. not just something that they're yeah. going to get the same stale menu they got a couple years ago, but they know that we're continually looking out for their needs as we would look out for the needs of our own family members. I guess it's safe to say, Greg, I mean, you're, you're part of a, a pretty big industry, but I think what's even more impressive about your industry is is the growth. You know, I mean, we've been talking about health for such a long time now, but I mean, it seems like more people seem to be jumping on that bandwagon, you know, and, and changing their 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 diets, if, if you can call it that word, you know, uh, whether you're older or younger. Um, you know, maybe you talk a little bit about the industry because it does seem like there's there's growth there. More people are jumping on board. Yeah, I mean, the growth that we saw in 2019, I mean, it, just anybody who went into their grocery stores 
you know, would have if, and gone to the the dairy aisle or the milk mm-hmm. aisle, and you see all the almond milks and the oat milks and right, the, right. all the different nut milks that are available. I mean, just the average person can see the changes that are happening in our society. And what you see is like you go in there and it's just a plant-based this and plant-based meats. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, now you had just this last year, you have some of the major brands, uh, you know, that have been around for, you know, 50 plus years right. of the fast food chains are starting to offer plant-based burgers and, and other plant-based options. And so, um, you know, I own plantbased.com. Uh, you know, so we really, you know, I'm really right. constantly, uh, you know, promoting uh, healthy plant-based eating and it, and it's been mm-hmm. so exciting for our brand to see the broader culture starting to uh, embrace plant-based eating as well. That's terrific. Tough question, but what's been one of the most interesting things that's happened to you, Greg, since launching Fruit of? I'm sure you probably have 500 stories you could tell me, you know, if if you're sitting (laughs) in a restaurant. But does anything stand out over the years that that you kind of say, wow? Yeah. um, You know, I would I would just have to come to the most recent situation. You know, this uh, what's happened with COVID-19 and having Mm. to shut down restaurants and, you know, especially with two of our locations in downtown DC, you know, when, when they had the stay at home order come through, like literally 90% of our business dropped out and, you know, we had to, we weren't able to sustain at that. And so really over the last three months, we've really had a a wonderful opportunity to reflect on who we Mm. are, what is our identity, who do we want to be moving forward? And, you know, we, we have, you know, decided we're going to, we're going to keep going, you know, the way that we've always gone with the same values and the same principles. And we're going to, we're just going to, um, you know, we're going to refocus some of our attention more at, at home, uh, meal kits that we launched and, um, you know, look at some other opportunities for, um, each location to be able to make products right. that they can fulfill online. And so, you know, we've like everyone else in the restaurant industry, we've really had to reflect on, you know, what are we doing uh, to take care of our customers' needs, not only if they're coming into one of our locations, but also if they want to stay at home. How do we meet them right. at home? And, right. and how do we make sure we meet them in such a way that it's not a centralized warehouse that's shipping out meal kits all over the mm-hmm. country, but right. can we meet them in such a way where the, per- the, the homes closest to the restaurant locations are being serviced by those restaurant locations. And so that's really, you know, the strategizing that we've done, um, you know, with, with this uh, crisis. And like, you know, my dad raised me with, with the mindset that, you know, whenever there's a crisis, um, it's an opportunity. And, and that's, yeah. what, what, that's what we've really seen this time as. That's, that's wonderful. Did you know early on, Greg, I mean, that, that this concept would yeah. – you would eventually use the franchise model. I mean, did you know early on or is it something that kind of happened over the course of time? Yeah. So that's a great question because honestly, in the beginning, I was really not wanting to franchise at all. I looked at franchising actually as, as kind of a, a poor option in the sense that I thought, you know, you know, if we franchise, we're going to lose quality, we're going to lose quality control and things are not going to be as good. And, and so I thought that for five years. And so we grew, you know, all the locations that we have, uh, you know, the five locations that we'd opened were all corporate locations. And, uh, you know, I opened them, I had managers running them. And then, you know, a couple years ago, we had um, 
some some people that were in the franchises industry that approached us and said, right, you know, why don't you think about franchising? I and I said, no, that means poor quality and this and that. Mm-hmm. And they said, actually, actually, that's not the case. They said, actually, if you get the right owners, it, it means uh, more quality, more passion in each right. location, and and better service. And your values are going to be upheld by people who actually have ownership in that location. And so it was really talking to leaders in the industry, reading some um, books on the subject that really changed that original negative perception I had to, to me realizing, actually, this is really the best way for us to move forward. That's terrific. I finally got around, Greg, to, I don't know if you've seen the movie yet, uh, The Founder, but I, I think the McDonald brothers, they had the same notion in the beginning is they didn't want to get into franchising because of quality control, you know, and, and, and I get that, you know, and, and, you know, you can see where McDonald's of course is, is today, of course, not comparing fruit to, to, to McDonald's in a totally different product, yeah. but, but I, I, I totally, totally get that. So what types of characteristics will you look for or do you look for in your franchisees, Greg, what's, what's important to you? Yeah. So I, I would go right back to our core values of, mm-hmm. um, you know, genuine care for others. That really came from yeah. the original idea of the brand was how do I create a restaurant that I want my own family members to eat at, my, my children and me to have right. a confidence that every single ingredient on the menu, every single menu item is something that I, I feel good about them putting into their bodies. And so that's that genuine care for others that I would be looking for. This, you know, second thing is the diligent servant attitude. You know, if I think mm. back over the last eight years, eight plus years now. And I think of the uh, top employees that I've ever had. And, you know, I would say if I, if I can think of 10 of them right now, just, you know, just uh, thinking mm-hmm. through the list and every single one of them were diligent. They just had this servant's heart and, and right. their attitude was just wonderful. I mean, every, every time, day they came to work, it was just wonderful to work for them, work with them. And, and uh, you know they just really took they took care of every customer with this with this servant heart and this positive attitude. And, and then the third thing is just continual growth. You know, looking for people that you know are excited about embracing the foundation uh, uh, of the concept that we have, but at the same time are always willing to um, you know to grow and and mm-hmm. learn together and and continue to mature together as a as a workforce and as a as a team. That's terrific. What, what's the training like, Greg? I mean, once you decide that you indeed, you know, you like them, they like you, and, and they want to come on board as a franchisee, um, where will the training take place and, and how to, what's included in the training? Yeah, so we're, we have locations in downtown Washington, D.C., um, and we have one of our locations, actually our busiest location for the whole brand, has a lower-level kitchen that we've outfitted um, as though it was a storefront. And so mm-hmm. we have the same exact setup in the kitchen as we would in, in one of our uh, storefront locations or one of our restaurant locations. So we're able to actually walk people through a complete training program right in our location, um, starting, starting with the, you know, that lower level kitchen where they're able to right. learn the product, um, learn how to make everything, learn our values. And so, you know, we're going to have people come in for weeks of training into our um, DC location, and then depending on whether they're going to be opening a location in a in a more of a suburban type location or downtown location, then they'll also have training. If they're going to be in a suburban location, they'd probably come down mm-hmm. to our Virginia Beach uh, 
location to do a little extra training. Right. And if they're going to be at a downtown location, then they'd probably do a little bit of training in, uh, in one of our D.C. locations. That's great. I imagine product knowledge is probably very important too, Greg, because I imagine, you know, a lot of your customers come in and, and they probably have questions, don't they? You know, so a product knowledge would, would be significant, isn't it? Yeah, and it's really funny because, you know, probably only 10% of our customers actually just eat a, a whole food plant-based diet exclusively. And so right. 90% of our customers are simply people that are your typical whole food shopper, their typical, you know, Trader Joe's shopper. They're looking for that mm-hmm. little extra healthy a meal for the day or for that, uh, for that, um, uh, you know, for they, they, or they're on a diet and they want to get, a, they know they want something healthy. And so it's really, it's really fun to serve so many different types of people that have so many different, uh, diets that they're on. And, and it's really right. good for us to just have confidence that the, you know, what we're serving is going to be good for anybody, no matter what, what their diet or what their preference but how, how would you describe a, a typical day for a, a fruit of franchisee, Greg? Yeah, so a typical day is going to be um, we open our locations at, um, you know, most of our locations open at 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. And um, and so we have, uh, you know, depending on the fran- if the franchisee is going to open location or have one of their team members open the location, it usually starts, uh, it starts early and get in there, start taking care of customers. Around lunchtime is, is always been our busiest time of day at all mm-hmm. of our locations. So right. as you start getting close to 11 o'clock, you're starting to um, prep and, and, and then prep for the big lunch rush. The lunch rush might outlast anywhere from an hour and a half to two and a half hours, uh, depending on the location. And then, mm-hmm. and then it just you know, starts winding down in the afternoons, and then we'll have a pop uh, of business in the evenings. And, uh, and then we're, we're wrapping up the day. And, um, you know, we have uh, all our locations right now have managers um, running a, a location. So we can work with franchisees, whether they uh, decide that they want to work in the store themselves or if they're going to, you know, work with a manager. Both, uh, you know, both uh, styles of leadership are things that we have experience with, um, whether it was me running the store myself or or having managers run the locations. That's great. What advice, you know, in studying your background, Greg, you know, you seem to have all these traits and characteristics of an entrepreneur, you know, from everything you've learned up to this point, because, you know, there's so much out there to choose from, particularly in the franchise arena. What advice would you give to our listeners in their quest to buy a franchise? Yeah. So I would say that one of my, um, you know, one of the biggest, uh, lessons that I've learned as an entrepreneur is um, that, you know, we all have strengths and weaknesses. And, mm-hmm. and I know that my strengths are being a visionary to be excited, to inspire our team. But I also know that some of my weaknesses are paperwork and organization and, mm-hmm. and, and you know, understanding all the financial numbers. Those are, those are my weaknesses. Right. And I have to be willing to be humble enough to say, you know, I have strengths and I have my weaknesses in those areas right. that I have weaknesses. I need to find wonderful, uh, you know, dedicated team members who are going right. to be strong in those areas that I'm weak. So I would say in, in answer to that question of, you know, what advice would I give to entrepreneurs, it would definitely be, um, you know, know yourself and mm-hmm. know your areas right. of strength that you're able to contribute, but also know your areas of weakness where you need help and you need to have team members that are able to help. And where that comes into, uh, you know, finding the right franchise, 
I would say, you know, find something that you feel like, you know, I'm going to be in, I'm going to be able to enjoy doing this 20 years from now. And I feel like this brand uniquely fits me um, with where I'm at, with my special strengths that I have. I feel like I'm really going to be able to utilize those strengths with this specific brand. And, Mm -hmm. and, and, and so you really choose a brand based off of your strengths and, and, and what you really want for your future. I think that's great advice. So I could ask you the next question as the CEO of the organization, Greg, uh, where do you see fruit of, if you could look into a crystal ball, maybe three years, five years down the road, where do you see the organization? Yeah. So, you know, I don't, uh, I don't want to grow too fast. I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, we got a lot of counsel when we started franchising and, and as I shared my vision with different counselors, they, they said, you know, take the time to pick the right people because mm-hmm. your brand is so values driven, make sure that you don't just sign up everybody who wants to hand you that check. Take the right. time to make sure those people are, 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 you know, they're dedicated to that vision that you have. They're dedicated to those three core values that you, that your brand has. And, and so we're not going to grow any faster than, than what we could find the right, the right mm-hmm. team members, the right uh, yeah. franchisees who, who have those values. And, and I think in the beginning, we really do want to focus on downtown locations, bigger, bigger city mm-hmm. locations, and, um, right. and locations that are going to be similar to our original location that have some really good grocery store anchors around them. So I, I would say the three-year vision is, is I want to be in a place in three years where I'm, I'm really happy with every single franchisee that signed up. Right. We have a great relationship that we're working together to take care of our communities and, and that we don't feel like we grew too fast. That's terrific. What's the best way, Greg, for our listeners to get more information on Fruitive as, of course, the franchise opportunity, but even the product itself? Are there any websites you can kind of direct them to? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Fruitive.com is, uh, is our restaurant um, website. Uh, mm-hmm. fruitivefranchise.com is where you can go if you're interested in a franchise and, and right there on fruitivefranchise.com you can put in your email address and we'll we'll go ahead and uh, send you uh, some information if, if for whoever uh, signs up there that's fantastic well I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed talking to you today Greg and I'd like to invite you back in another year or so as you continue to grow because I think this is a wonderful franchise opportunity yeah thank you yeah we, we just announced it right before COVID hit, we, we started uh, announcing it, we signed up our first franchisee, and and then all of a sudden, uh, the restaurant industry got hit with, with the pandemic, yeah. but we're, we're excited to, this summer to kind of get get going again here. So That's terrific. Well, it was great talking to you, Greg, and we'll be right back with more franchise interviews. Coming up on segment two, you're going to hear what every franchisepreneur needs to know before buying a franchise. We're going to play a clip from our popular Great Quotes in Franchising podcast right here on Franchise Interviews. Franchisers, are you looking to reach aspiring entrepreneurs looking to buy a franchise? Are you looking to reach a highly educated audience on franchising? For over eight years, Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship through our website, FranchiseInterviews.com. Or you can hear and read interviews as well as get tips from some of the most successful sources in franchising. Our weekly franchise radio show where each week you get to hear a new interview with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts and attorneys, and our podcast, Great Quotes in Franchising. 
For more information, go to FranchiseInterviews.com or call us at 610-905-2919. That's 610-905-2919. Today's great quote in franchising is being brought to you by... The Stone Coat Franchise Opportunity. Are you looking for a unique and lucrative franchise opportunity? If so, take a look at Stone Coat. With a patented process which creates a true stone finish on almost any wall or ceiling, Stone Coat is a true game-changing product in the multi-billion dollar construction industry. Stone Coat is applied faster, cleaner, and cheaper than conventional quarried stone, which saves both time and money. With advantages in remodel and new construction of both residential and commercial projects, Stone Coat is a true crossover product. The Stone Coat Franchise Opportunity provides a low startup cost, low operating expenses, comprehensive training, ongoing support, and no royalty payments. For more information on the Stone Coat Franchise Opportunity, go to www.stonecoatfranchise.com. That's www.stonecoatfranchise.com or call us at 972-380-2700. That's 972-380-2700. Hi, everyone. This is Marty McDermott from Franchise Interviews, and welcome to another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising. For each podcast, you get to hear a great quote in franchising. You know, we've been hosting Franchise Interviews many years now, and during that time, we've had some incredible quotes on our show. Today, you're going to get to hear from Sam Hans, who is the president of Stone Coat. And one of the questions we asked Sam when we had him on the show was, what advice would you give to our listeners in their quest to buy a franchise? And Sam talked about the importance of doing a self-evaluation and asking yourself important questions like, what do you like to do? Because in franchising, experience can be taught. So let's listen to what Sam had to say. Probably one of the most qualified people to answer the question, studying your background, Sam, is what advice would you give to our listeners? We call them aspiring franchipreneurs. You know, most of them are looking to buy a franchise. But as you know, I mean, there's so much out there today. We find that a lot of them just simply don't know where to begin and it becomes a bit overwhelming so what advice would you give to our listeners in their quest to buy a franchise now marty you're you're touching something that is dear to my heart right now because this Mm. is part of business that i love is is helping people find their right fit Mm -hmm. and and that's the primary thing that i tell people your starting point is to do a self-evaluation and come up with the things that you like to do if Uh you are not a hands-on person, don't get into the lawn maintenance business. Uh, right. If you are, if you like being outside, there's all kinds of businesses to look at outside. If you're more sure. of a uh, analytical bookkeeping type person, there's franchises there. If you have a uh, love food, uh, then food offers great opportunities. Right. So right. that's the first thing I tell people is really decide what you want to do, what you like to do, not necessarily what you have experience at, because in the franchising world, Mm. experience can be taught. So that's the first point. Second thing I tell people is figure out your resources and don't overextend. The Mm. the Chamber of Commerce, National Chamber of Commerce, says that the number one reason for business failures in the United States is undercapitalization. So you've got to You've got to know your resources and don't overextend it. Talk to the people that are most important to you and get their input. And I always tell people, give your your loved ones permission to hurt your feelings. If that's Mm -hmm. what it takes, 
so they can be brutally honest about what they see in you. Uh, then when you get to the company, research the owners first. Know who the owners are. Go visit them. Uh, make sure that, that their their goals and ambitions align with what you really are looking for. And character is important. It's extremely important. Yeah. And then the second thing you want to research is the industry. Is it a good, stable industry? Um, and instead of some fad that could come and go. And then the third thing is research the franchise model. Most people get that a little out of order because the first thing they want to do is research the franchise model. And I tell them, no, back up and go look at the owners and then look at at the industry and then thirdly is look at that. And finally, franchising is not selling. Franchising is finding good fits and good matches for life ambitions between the franchisee and the franchisor. And if anybody is pushing you or pressuring you to, to purchase a franchise, then you need to run away from that as fast as you can. The people on the other side of the table from the the prospective franchisee right. should be just as anxious to get involved in understanding what what both sides are looking for. Wow, it's a great answer. We've been doing the show 10 years, and I have to say that's one of the best responses we've had in almost 500 shows. So I could tell you you've been doing this a long time. Thank you. It just included everything. It's just a great response. So what what are the plans then, Sam? I mean, I can ask you as the president of the organization, I mean, where do you see Stone Coat maybe like three to five years down the road? <laughs> well, I... If you'd like to hear that whole interview with Sam Hans of Stone Cold, all you have to do is go to FranchiseInterviews.com, go to our Franchises by Category page, and go to our Home Repair and Improvement category. You can hear that whole interview. And Sam had a lot of great advice during that particular show. And finally, we just want to thank everyone for making this podcast such a big success. It's hard to imagine now that we've been doing this show almost 10 years now and uh, approaching 500 shows. So we just want to thank everyone for all their support. And we'll see you again soon with another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising from Franchise Interviews. Take care, everyone. Franchise Interviews. From Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews.